have reached Science Telephone. While you're waiting for the show to start, consider calling your mother. She hasn't heard from you in ages, and while she isn't sad, she is disappointed. She gave you life. It's the least you can do. Hey, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Jesse Lupini, and this is Science Telephone. We've got a great scientist on the show today who's going to explain her work to one of our comedian guests, and then that comedian has to explain it to the next one, and the next one, and so on. And I am very, very excited. Let's give it up for our scientist, Kaylee Byers. Oh, hi. What a delight and treasure to be with you here today. Oh, wow. You're so enthusiastic. I feel like you matched my enthusiasm, and I'm so excited about that. <laughs> oh, I'm also really excited. I love the idea for this podcast, so I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, I, I know you're actually a very accomplished science communicator, so it's going to be... Oh. Yeah, uh, fun seeing what it looks like when you communicate as if you're communicating to other scientists instead of to um, poorly yeah. <laughs> yeah. dumb folk like me. I'm actually defending my PhD thesis in under two weeks. And so Ooh. my entire lockdown has been um, writing my final thesis chapters, getting everything off for external examination. So uh, it has been very, it's been a lot of work. I've been working quite a bit. <laughs> I fully believe it. Well, today we're going to have some fun. So let's call up our first comic. Hello? Hey, it's Taz Van Rassel on the line. That's who's calling me? No, that's you. Oh, okay. Right? I just answered the phone and you said, it's Taz Van Rassel. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like to call people in a strange way. I call them and then I tell them who they are. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse? Sure. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that's Great. me. You're supposed to do that when you call me. Um, okay, so let's dive into the science. Kaylee, you've got a full juicy minute coming up to explain your research to Taz. And then he's going to have an opportunity to ask some questions. Great. And Kaylee, remember to explain as if you're talking to a colleague or another scientist. So use jargon, abbreviations, and technical language, just like you're at work or defending your thesis. We will not judge your communication <laughs> skills with the general public. You'll have a, an opportunity to correct the record at the end. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So I'm an urban disease ecologist, and I actually work on urban Norway rats and the spatial ecology of the zoonotic pathogens that they carry. So urban Norway rats carry a number of zoonotic pathogens, such as Leptospira and Bartonella. And what's interesting is that although they carry these pathogens that can make people sick, in cities around the world they carry these pathogens, they're actually heterogeneously distributed among rats. So for example, one city block may have many rats carrying a particular pathogen, and the next block over might be pathogen free. And my work looks at why that is. And specifically, I look at whether or not it could be driven by rat movement patterns. So if rats don't move much between city blocks, perhaps that's why we see this clustering of rat associated pathogens. And so to look at rat movement, I use a combination of classical ecological methods and genome wide SNP analysis to look at related rats, where they are in relation to each other. Okay, wow, great timing. <laughs> I am not a fast writer. Okay. I said that to myself many times writing my thesis. I am not a fast writer. Cool. Uh, just to clarify, uh, zoologic or zoologic? Ooh, zoonotic. So, zoonotic. Uh, I knew it was something different. Okay. So zoonotic pathogens are those that can be transmitted between animals and people. Cool. That's it. I got everything else. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah. No, wow. no, no, no. Stay. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> you're an urban disease like, ecologist. What are the Norway rats specif specifically? They they're are urban Norway rats. Urban. Rattus norvegicus is the Latin name in case you wanted to Ooh. add that in. He does. He probably, wants to add that not. in. Of course. Hetero heterogeneously. <laughs> yeah. Heterogeneously distributed. Yeah. So distributed. 
Yeah, unevenly distributed. But it's it's my job. Now it's me uh, mm-hmm. to to study those rat movements uh, between different city blocks and see if they have a geno wide SNP analysis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to see if they move much between blocks, and you can use genome-wide SNPs uh, to study that. The SNPs tell you who's related to whom, and then you can see where they are in relation to each other. Cool. What kind of diseases do these rats carry? Do we discuss that? Yeah, so a couple uh, that they can carry. So Leptospira interrogans is a a bacterial pathogen uh, shed in rat urine. Leptospira. uh, (laughs) Interrogans. Interrogans. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Did you write down rat urine, though? (laughs) I hope you wrote down rat urine. In rat urine. Yes, thank you. Cool. Uh, And in people, it can cause, like, a fever-like illness. Okay, that's all the time we got for questions. So many more. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, that was fantastic. Um, Thanks so much, Kaylee. So we're going to call you back in when we get into the last round, okay? Great. Can't wait to talk to you then. Okay. Bye. All right. How you feeling, Taz? (laughs) This will be interesting. (laughs) What is your scientist name? Tars Vin Diesel. Naturally. Yeah. That's also Tar- my gaming. That's my gaming name, too. Um, wasn't Tars the robot from Interstellar? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Was that the one where Matthew McConaughey had to go through a bunch of halls of memories? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's call in Ronald. Hey, Ronald. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. This is Ronald Dario, because I didn't mention your last name the first time, and we need to give you credit. Thank you. I deserve it. Uh, so, Ronald, I'm really excited to introduce you to our scientist that we have here on the podcast today. We've got um, Tars Vin Diesel with us. Hello. Doctor. 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 Um, Dr. Vin Diesel, um, I'm just wondering, do you have, like, a favorite scientist that you looked up to as a kid or someone you considered to be, like, an inspiration to you? Um, as a kid, I'd, I'd have to say, and I know this is not a, a real person, but Dr. Spock. Classic. From Star Trek. He mm-hmm. got many people Just the way science. he analyzed uh, situations and uh, was always very calm. And that's sort of the demeanor that I take to my science. Do you sort of have a Vulcan separation of, of, of emotions and logic? I've been accused of such. <laughs> well, let's pretty much get right to it. So, Dr. Vin Diesel, you're going to have one minute to explain your research to Ronald. And then Ronald's going to have a couple of minutes to ask you some questions to clarify any details. Mm-hmm. Okay? Got it. All right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Hello, Ronald. I am an urban disease ecologist. And what that means is I study zoologic pathogens that are passed from animals to people, specifically the urban Norway rat, which is the rat that you basically see in every urban city today. Now, what, what I'm looking at uh, are things like uh, things that are passed heterogeneously, so that's uneven distribution, and mostly between uh, city blocks, because many blocks can carry these pathogens in, in an urban setting or in a city. So I'm watching the rat movement uh, from block to block, okay? And what that is called is genome-wide SNPs, genome-wide SNP analysis. And that's sort of the, the basic study uh, that I'm looking at here. And the reason I'm looking at this, because rats can carry many different types of diseases, especially Leptospira enterocans, intro, uh, which is passed through rat urine, and that can cause fever-like illness in humans and people all over the world. So that's basically what I'm doing. I hope it makes sense to you. And I hope you have some questions. I do. Uh, is there a term for uh, when rats are all together in a block? In a block? Uh, well, when they yeah. are close together and their tails get tied together, that is called a rat king. I don't believe that is the question that you're asking me, though. No. And do not Google a... that. Whoever's okay. listening, do not Google rat king. Uh, for when they are all in, in a certain block, 
uh, that is just called a hot zone. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I have a quick question. Um, yeah. What do, SNP is an acronym. So what does that stand for? Ah, uh, Sensory Neuro Interactive Place. And, and what does that mean? Uh, it's basically what we were talking about before, uh, where we're looking at the blocks and it's the hot zone. So sensory neuro interactive place is where the rats are uh, specifically gathered. And we can find that out through sensor neurons. Through, sorry, what? <laughs> through sensor neurons. What's that last word? Neurons. N-E-U-R-Y-M-S. Neurons. Okay. Is there any correlation to like the 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 movement of the uh, rats from city block to city block? Like, is there a specific food or an opening or, of some kind that attracts them? Basically, any food that is left around will attract a rat. Is that the question? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, they're scavengers. Uh, so, so basically, they're looking for a food source or a place of warmth. Uh, oftentimes, both. So you'll see a rise or a spike as we call it, in the hot zones during the wintertime. Okay, that is great. That's all the time we've got for questions. Thank you so much, Dr. Vin Diesel. It's been Mm -hmm. absolutely illuminating. Happy to be here. Live long and prosper. Wonderful. And uh, (laughs) we'll we'll call you back in a little bit later. Bye. Okay, bye. Okay, how you doing, Ronald? I have a lot of notes, and it looks like, yeah, it looks like I'm going through something. When I look at this page. Okay. So what is your scientist name, Ronald? Uh, Dr. Pepper Yum. Dr. Pepper Yum? Yep. Great. Hey, Amy. How are you doing? I'm good, Jesse. Thanks for having me. I am very, very excited to have you on the show. Me too. (laughs) Okay. So I want to introduce you to um, our very special guest scientist we have on the podcast right now. Um, we've got Dr. Pepper Yum with us. Hi. Hello, Amy. Hi, Pepper. Hi. I mean, sorry, Dr. Yum. No, you can call me Pepper. Doctor was my father's name. <laughs> Dr. Yum. So, uh, Dr. Yum, y- you've got now one minute to explain your life's work to Amy, and then uh, she'll have time to ask you some questions. Okay. And you can start now. Cool. Okay, so uh, I am an urban disease ecologist. Uh, I study zoological pathogens in animals uh, uh, that transfer to people. Specifically, I uh, study the Norway rat, uh, which is like the rat that you see in uh, popular culture, the ones that you see when you go outside, pizza rat, Fievel goes west, those kinds of uh, rat creatures. Um, yeah, so uh, they, I study them and I see them go from city block to city block. Uh, you know how a city block might be, uh, a bunch of rats together might be called a rat king. Uh, in, uh, for, a, for a city block of rats, it's uh, just called a, a movement uh, from block to block. Uh, so what I do is I take them and then I study them with a geonode SNP analysis. Uh, in case you wanted to know, SNP stands for sensory neuroactive interface place. Uh, it's a very scientific term. We look at that, uh, we see the rat urine, we see if it's going to make people sick with things like the fever or the bubonic plague. Uh, a lot of things have been transferred from uh, animals to humans, like the common cold and the bird flu. Uh, just just uh, as a fun fact, uh, COVID was not transferred through rats. Uh, it was ca- transferred through other animals. Uh, so, uh, in, in short, I'm uh, just studying all those illnesses. All right. Thank you, Dr. Yum. You're welcome. Great. Dr. Yum, thank you so much for all mm. that information. Um, You're very welcome. Earlier... Can I? Can, are you a medical doctor, or or you have your PhD? I have my PhD in in like. Are you in, a medical doctor, or? Well, no, it's a th- musical theater. Oh wow! Okay, 
<laughs> this is like a side hustle thing that I had going on. You've got a lot going on. Wow. Um, okay, great. Uh, let me see here. Did you say the Norway rat? Yes, the Norway rat. Okay, great. It's very metal. It's a metal rat. <laughs> yes, black metal. Yes, very good. Um, and I'm just curious, you said uh, a movement of rats uh, is moving from block city block to city block. Um, where do rats, like, live? Like, do they live in nests or in larger communities of some kind? Oh, uh, despite what you might, might normally think, uh, cartoons have it right. They live in our walls, and they have miniature uh, furniture just like ours. Oh, wow. But it's all, it's all with found things. It doesn't really look like a couch. They make their kind of nests that way. I like to imagine them as a more human. I anthropomorphize things. Uh, but, yeah, they're just taking... They're just living in there. They're taking our insulation and whatnot, using it as a pillow. Uh, they're just like you and me. Wow. Insulation as a pillow. Yeah, just like you and me. Um, great. I love that. Um, and just one last question. Uh, when you say a... Did you say a geonode SNP? SNP. SNP. S-N-I-P. S-N-I-P. Sensory Neuroactive Interface Place. Interface Place. I had interface face. So that helps. Oh, I um, think I have some new research to look into. <laughs> great. Okay. Have you got everything you need, Amy? I think so. <laughs> Okay. Excellent. Yes. All right. Well, um, in that case, it's time to say goodbye to Dr. Yum. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Yum. You're very welcome. And, Thank uh, you. We'll, we'll bring you back again soon for uh, the Nobel Prize panel. Okay. <laughs> Any questions before we get into it? No, it, it went from a lot of like feeling like real information to just a lot of like crazy information. And I'm, mm. I'm just going to try and put all of it in. Yeah, I think that, that's going to be great. Okay. Um, so we're going to now introduce you to the uh, Nobel Prize Awarding Committee. So I just need your, your scientist name that you will be presenting as. Oh, yes. Um, I'm Dr. Poppy Plushenko. Okay, great. Let's call in the rest of the crew here. Okay, great. So everybody's here. Welcome, everyone, to the Nobel Prize Awarding Committee. I've got uh, Dr. Poppy Plashenko here, one of our candidates with us. Uh, and we've got the full panel here, including uh, Dr. Pepper Yum, Tars Von Diesel, and Kaylee Byers. Vin. Sorry, Tars Vin Diesel. Thank you. Okay, sorry. I apologize. What a prestigious lineup you have here. Yeah, this is quite the who's who, really, of scientists. <laughs> Dr. Plashenko, I understand that for many scientists, uh, winning a Nobel Prize is kind of the culmination of a long career of work and, and a, a great achievement. Uh, if you do win the Nobel Prize, what would be next for you in your career? Well, the incredible thing is that I'm actually just an associate professor. So I'm hoping if I get the Nobel Prize, they'll give me a full tenure track professor professorship and uh, I'll be able to, yeah, teach at the university forever and I'll get to kind of, you know, yeah, not have to put in my seven years uh, before I get tenure track. So that's what I'm excited about. Wow. It is tough in academia. Definitely. <laughs> so um, let's just let's just hop right to it. Uh, Dr. Plachenko, you're going to have one minute to explain your life's work to this esteemed committee, and then uh, the committee will have an opportunity to ask you questions. Ready? And go. 
So my name is Dr. Poppy Plashenko. I'm an urban disease ecologist. Um, I have a PhD in musical theater. Um, I'm studying zoological pathogens, specifically in the Norway rat. And as we know, Norway is a place where black metal uh, was was kind of founded. Scandinavian metal was founded. And, and these rats, we can really see similarities um, between them and this style of music. Um, now, Norway rats are the kind of rats that you know. They're the rats you see around. They're the rats you see in, in media. Pizza rats, Five Goes West, <laughs> the mice from Cinderella. This is the kind of rat we're talking about. Um, you might be familiar with the idea of a rat king, which is the idea of rat tails getting you know stuck together in a wall. Um, and actually, rats don't necessarily move in a rat king. Um, when rats move together, we call it a movement, a movement of rats. And rats move from city block to city block in these movement teams. And it's my job to track kind of where the rats are going. We test rat urine. Um, rats carry disease. They carry fever. They carry bubonic plague. They carry bird flu. Um, but interestingly enough, COVID-19 was not transferred through rats. It was transferred through the rats of the sky, bats. Um, so I do that using something called a geonode SNP. Um, and in case you're curious, SNP stands for Sensory Neuroactive Interface Place. So we use, uh, we SNP part of the rat and we use it to find out if it's sick. Um, so yeah, that's, that's about it. That's what I've been studying. Um, and if you're curious, cartoons have it right. Rats are really like they are in cartoons and they live in the walls of our homes. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd like to turn it over to the committee for um, questions. Can you um, can you please uh, tell me again what the acronym uh, SNP stood for? Yes. SNP stands for Sensory Neuroactive Interface Place. What, uh, an interface place. What is that exactly? Um, it's the place where um, we find ourselves face to face with these creatures. So often a lab, but it can also be out on the street. Again, in the in the wall of a home, could be in a burrow. Um, it's really the place where we hold space for these human rat interactions. Thank you. Uh, would you say that these rats are heterogeneously placed? <laughs> well, the first thing I'd say to you is that these rats are not placed. These rats move on their own volition. They figure out where they're going. They follow their impulse. They go where they need to go. Mm. Um, but uh, heterogeneously speaking, yes, I would say they are. I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, I guess I noticed earlier you said that the Norway rat is not unlike the mouse from Cinderella, but... In that description, you said the word mouse, so that already is a very different animal. Well, I guess I would say to you, sir, mm -hmm. <laughs> is it? Because mice are very similar to rats, and that's one thing we're also studying are, are the similarities between these species. And so, um, you know, the depiction of the mice in Cinderella, actually, those images are of rats. And so I'd have to say that was just a failing on the animators at Disney to mm. understand what a rat really looks like. I stand corrected. Uh, and, and you said that you collected urine. Can you tell me what that rat urine was for? Specifically. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, we take the urine. Um, it's often dried because to collect actually liquid urine would be very difficult from a rat. So we go where the rats go and we scrape the ground and we put it into vials. We take it back to the lab. Um, we test it uh, using a spinner technique. And then from that, we can notice, you know, as I said, what kind of disease lives on the dried 
dirt. Um, and uh, yeah, often the results are very surprising, as I'm sure as I'm sure you know. I bet that they are. What are some of the results? Well, as I said, we can find disease in the urine, um, but we can also find out a lot about the rats, what they're eating, where they're traveling, uh, if they have similar um, diets to other rats in different areas of the city. So some rats, as you said, are pizza rats. They eat a lot of pizza. Mm -hmm. And others um, are eating more kind of mm, like organically grown produce from gardens, from window boxes, that kind of thing. Is there any difference in the disease profiles between the rats that are pizza rats versus the sort of vegan garden rats? Surprisingly, no. And that's what's really <laughs> flummoxing us right now, because in humans, we can see that that kind of, you know, difference in diet would make a really big difference. <laughs> but here, they're actually both very similar. So we're wondering if food even affects rats. Right. Sorry, just circling back. Uh, why would you say Cinderella mice instead of, say, Ratatouille, <laughs> which is also in the Disney world? I've never seen that film. But surely you knew it was a rat. It's in the name. <laughs> you know, I'm it's also open. also a dish. It also, yes. I have had the dish. So if someone was studying me, they'd know that I had eaten ratatouille before. But unfortunately, um, I've never seen that film. Um, I'd be open to doing a screening after this Nobel Prize um, committee meeting, if, if you are. Sure. Can we also watch uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, which features a, a large amount of rats as well, which were introduced in that uh, movie specifically? Uh, just out of curiosity... Um... Dr. Vin Diesel, have you been Googling movies that have rats in them? Uh, no, this is uh, my secondary <laughs> field of practice. Okay. So they, they, ran the, they ran the restaurant that the Muppets ended up working at, mostly in the kitchen. Similar to Ratatouille. Mm -hmm. Fun. Okay. <laughs> well, that wraps that up. Thank you so much, Dr. Blasheko. Thank you. Everyone, uh, can I just get a show of hands? Should we uh, should we give her the Nobel Prize and maybe watch Muppets Take Manhattan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, who's, everyone, who's in? Everyone? Ex yeah. Okay, that's unanimous. In literature. <laughs> yep, the Nobel Prize in Literature goes to Dr. Poppy Plashenko. You can pick up the prize backstage after the show, and uh, you can pay extra to have it engraved if you want. Okay, so now that we've moved through our telephone pretty, pretty um, completely, what what a sentence was that? What sentence was that that I just said? Happens to the best of us. Now that we have finished the telephone, <laughs> um, I want to turn it back over to Kaylee to uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how far <laughs> off track we got and um, try to yeah. clarify maybe some of the things that went off the rails. Now I can listen and not write. <laughs> oh, it's 100% accurate, all of it. God, it was so good by the end. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely there was one thing that was, was true, which was throughout, which is that I study Norway rats. That was very excellent. Um, yes, good job. Um, and they, they can carry pathogens and we can test them uh, for those pathogens. Sometimes we can test it through uh, urine. Sometimes we would test it actually through things like blood or we would actually collect the fleas that live on the rats and we would test those. Um, and uh, yes, we study rat movement uh, and we can use genome-wide SNPs, which stands for single nucleotide polymorphisms. There's these changes in the DNA that you can use to identify closely related rats versus not. I personally prefer your acronym because <laughs> it is all about the interface. And essentially like what we find is that rats don't move all that much. So we actually trap them and we track them and we see where they go and we use genetics to see where their relatives are and it doesn't look like they move all that much. So that could be why we see a clustering of pathogens at the level of the city block. Heterogeneous, Dr. Vin Diesel. Does that mean that they're, they're, they're mostly staying contained to within city blocks then? Yeah, it looks like it. So we actually caught over 600 rats and uh, there were very few instances of rats actually moving between blocks. So 
We identified like over a thousand pairs of related rats and there's like 13 pairs that span blocks. So almost all of them were caught in the same block. Are, are they mostly near restaurants? Well, so that's so. This is a great question. The area where we trapped, there were lots of restaurants. But here's the thing: is that we can't actually say anything about that because there's no to to say where rats are and like mm. how that changes with time. You need sort of a systematic form of tracking them, and we don't have that. So we don't know if there's more rats near restaurants here than there are, say, in residential areas. Right, and you can't sully a neighborhood. Sully? <laughs> Please yeah, you explain. Can't, you can't, you can't uh, ruin a, a neighborhood's, like, appeal by saying all the rats live here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess that, that would be a problem to go and be like, this is the, this is the rat, <laughs> rat neighborhood. Um, but you would need, yeah, you would definitely need to do some kind of citywide analysis to see where these, where rats are. Right, it's Granville Island. They're all in Granville Island. <laughs> there are a lot. Though I did do a rat safari on Granville Island once, and I found mice and not rats. Oh, interesting. Is a rat safari just like you're looking for rats? <laughs> yeah, like... that's just what I call it, so that I can sound like a rat detective. Okay, you're not, it's not like a bunch of people on a Jeep. Well, I did have a rat van, so not a Jeep. But okay. yeah, that's mostly just something I call it. I like that, rat safari. Here's a question. H- how do rats live in the wild? I mean, like... I've never seen a rat in a forest in the wild. Are there rats out there or are they mostly living in urban centers? Yeah. So they'll be in rural areas too. Um, and there's like, there's lots of different species of rats. I think there's like 64 different species, but urban like Norway rats um, tend to do really well in cities, which is why we tend to associate them with pizza rats in cities as well. And when you say do really well, I guess I'm curious about, you know, we're all killing rats. That's just the truth of it. And I'm, (laughs) we're all killing rats and I'm like kind of a sensitive, like animal lover. And I always find like killing mice and rats really tragic, but I guess I'm curious, like with your research, should, should we be killing these creatures? Should we be letting them run free? Um, yeah, you know, as a, just as an urban dweller, how can I, uh, have a relationship with these animals? As a scientist, as a scientist, how much do you care? (laughs) I care a lot. I think, uh, so this is, this is actually a really good question because this is, uh, this is sort of a problem. Like, like you say, right, we're constantly killing rats and our rat numbers are actually going down. So if the aim is to reduce rats, is it helping? Is it not helping? And what are the ways we do that? So if we just lay down poison, you need the rats to eat that poison and you need enough of them to eat it. And the thing is, is that not all of them will eat that poison and then there's still some left and they can reproduce. And so how effective that is, is um, unclear. So, uh, but but research has shown that the most effective long-term approaches actually involve changing your environment. So uh, reducing access to things like food that rats can eat to survive. So instead of just laying down poison somewhere, you would say, oh, there's access to food from this garbage or dumpster. I'm going to put in a dumpster that rats can't access. And so if they can't access the food, not as many of them can survive. It's a long-term um, a long-term plan. Is that how Alberta did it? <laughs> oh, Alberta, the rat-free province. <laughs> um, so Alberta, there was an interesting thing that came out about Alberta. It's it sort of benefited in a few ways. So one, Alberta does have like a a rat control program. They invest in it. They have people that go around and they investigate calls about rats. But they also are bordered on one side by mountains. And they also got rats about 30 years later than Saskatchewan. Um, so they had some time to put something in place before they started having rats. So they, they benefit 
in a few different ways, but um, they also do invest in a rat control program. And actually, one of my favorite things is from Ratatouille. There's this clip. You were talking about how rats are definitely in cartoons. I saw this cartoon that Ratatouille put out, and I thought, oh, I don't have to do a thesis. Ratatouille already did it. And they've got this little image of a Canadian hockey player, and he's in the, he's in the goal, and he's just pinging rats back away from the border. It's pretty great. So uh, just to clarify, like Alberta, saying that Alberta is a rat-free province, is it like actually rat-free? Like how many rats... Do, do you think are in Alberta? Are there like secret rat enclaves where they hide? Like, yeah, numbers. <laughs> They're just hiding. <laughs> I have no idea the numbers, but the, the rat free status means that they don't have a breeding population of rats. So they'll, I've seen rats in Alberta. A friend of mine sent me a video of one not all that long ago, but they have many fewer of them. Because like you said, they don't, they don't move beyond city blocks. So I'm assuming Fievel did not go west. Or if he did, he well, went half a block west at most. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but also like uh, rats will travel really long distances, right? They, they have distributed themselves throughout the world, but helped by us. So on ships or by truck or via vehicle of some kind, train. I don't know. Unlike um, Dr. Vin Diesel, I have not uh, compiled a list of rat movies <laughs> and uh, looked at their accuracy <laughs> versus uh, fallacy. So I I'm actually not sure which is the most mm. accurate. There's a great one starring Crispin Glover. That's a mouse. What, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember. It's just a name. It's like Harvey or something. Hmm. He's a man that is obsessed <laughs> with rats, I believe. I've never seen it. I've only seen the no. cover. <laughs> so, Kaylee, do you have like a rat fact that people or like, is there a common misunderstanding about rats that drives you nuts or like something that people parrot as being true all the time? Then you're like, that's not how it actually is. That's a really good question. I think we tend to think that dealing with rats generally can be as easy as just killing them and putting down poison. But actually, it takes a much more nuanced approach, I think. Um, and so considering rats as part of the environment and also the idea that we could, maybe this is it, <laughs> that we can be rat free here in Vancouver, right? Um, there are lots of rats and it's really hard to eradicate all of them. So thinking about long-term approaches that you can do to essentially reduce any risks associated with rats should maybe be more the game or the, the aim than just thinking about eradicating them entirely. Has a rat ever bit you? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Generally, ge through gloves. <laughs> Generally through gloves. Do you have to go get a rabies shot? Uh, I already had rabies shots for, for other wildlife work. What made you decide to get into rats? That's, it seems like a, like, w w have you always in, been interested in them or did something drive you in that direction? Oh, um, so I've mostly just always been interested in how humans interact with wildlife and how those interactions can potentially um, like impact animals, but then also impact human health. So this, this idea of one health is really interesting to me. So one health is the idea that your health isn't just about you. <laughs> it's about how healthy the animals are in the environment and how healthy your environment is generally. And rats are a really great model system to study that because they live in really close association with people. Cities are ecosystems and they carry some critters that can make us sick. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Any last questions? Uh, rats are really smart. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a, that's just a statement that you're saying, though, right? It's not a question. Uh, it was a question at the end. Oh. <laughs> I was excited yeah. to say it. <laughs> yeah, very smart. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's a really good um, question slash statement to end it on. So, um, thank thank you all so much for this. This has been a really fun episode. Um, I I hope everyone's learned something really cool. I definitely now know a lot more about rats. That was a ton of fun. Okay, so before we go today, does anyone have anything that they want to like plug or that is coming up? Uh, I'm pretty slow at editing these, so ideally something kind of like regular or recurring, if you want to just mention that. Sure. Uh, check out uh, the Sunday service. It's a weekly online, for now, uh, improv show that happens every Sunday night at uh, 9 p.m. 
on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. Or look at uh, if you look up the Sunday service, you're going to get Kanye stuff and church stuff. Uh, Sunday service improv on Facebook, and then you'll link to it. I don't yep. know the exact link. Don't put a you'll link in the, in the show notes for it. Yeah, improv keyword. I'd just say uh, the three of us are all instructors at Blind Tiger Comedy, and we teach mm. improv and sketch classes online and hopefully in person in the future. Uh, so if you're hearing this and you're interested in taking an improv class or a sketch class, you can check out blindtigercomedy.ca. Awesome. Uh, can and I'll add, oh, sorry, I like got really excited and I was like, oh, <laughs> my turn. Um, And I'm uh, one of the co-organizers of Nerd Night Vancouver, which is right now taking a bit of an in-person break, but we started a podcast called Nerd and About, so you can check out Nerd and About on any podcast platform that I know exists. Awesome. And what is Nerd Night normally? Tell us. Oh, it's a a monthly seminar series over beer, usually at the Fox Cabaret, where we uh, talk science, arts, and everything in between. Awesome. Well, I hope all of these things are going to are going to continue on digitally as long as we're dealing with this and then we'll come back to being in person very soon. Thank you all so much. It's been a huge blast. Uh, I really appreciate your time and uh, you're sharing your expertise, especially Kaylee and all of the other um, assorted mishmash of odd doctors who joined us on the show briefly especially um, kaylee yeah, especially kaylee so i love how you're all doctors and i'm actually not one <laughs> that's my favorite part <laughs> but you will be soon right oh uh, hopefully so you might you might be a doctor by the time this comes out yeah maybe well we'll, we'll i'll be sure to include that in the in the notes if that happens <laughs> yeah. okay um that's it thanks everybody I, yeah appreciate it that was a total blast I had a good time. Hopefully you can join on another episode in the future. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, fun. Jesse and Lucas Thank you. and Thank Kaylee you. and everyone. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Great. This Thank is you, a blast. everyone. Cheers, everybody. Bye. 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 Science Telephone is produced by Jesse Lupini and Lucas Cavanaugh. Our designer is Kelsey Hemphill, and our intro is performed by France Paris. To learn more about the show, this episode's scientist, or the comedians you just heard, visit us on the internet at sciencetelephone.com or on Twitter at SciTelShow. S-C-I-T-E-L Show. End of call. <laughs>